Welcome in Defeating the Curse, two-man show. But before we get into everything, download, like, listen, share, Spotify, tune in, Google Play, iTunes, everywhere you can get podcasts, go get this podcast. Now, Stevie. We got to get into this Bryce Harper nonsense, Stevie. We got to get into, you know, the uh, the spurned lover heading up 95 and potentially joining the Phillies or packing his bags and taking similar money in the desert in Arizona or maybe going to San Diego. I mean, there's a lot of different storylines here for Bryce. I mean, we're, we're two weeks out from pitchers and catchers reporting, three weeks out or maybe three and a half weeks out from uh, the rest of the uh, the players reporting to their respective uh, training camp or, so, you know, like getting ready basically for the season. It, it's interesting to me that Bryce hasn't signed. It seems like nobody's really in the market for a big time slugger. Right. And it's, I mean, he's, he's got to be the most attractive free agent that's still available at this point. Maybe there's one other one that's in the same general conversation, but the nationals apparently, you know, they made a big offer to him before the season ended. They followed up that offer. And now there's no offer is my understanding is that there's actually nothing on the table for him to sign. So, you know, let's just get that out of the way first for all the Nats fans that are pissy because he's not, he's not returning. The nationals right now don't have an offer out to him. That's my understanding. Obviously he can always pick up the phone and call uh, call Big B, right, have, have Boris uh, get something done here to stay in Washington. But as of right now, he doesn't actually have an option or anything to sign that would bring him to back to the Nationals, right? So let's get that part. Let's just put that aside and say he, he can't return to the Nationals because there isn't an offer to sign. However, however, we've got, I mean, it was a few days ago, everybody was on basically high alert that Bryce was going to sign with the Phillies, and it was known it was basically leaked, and I think was it the athletic or somebody leaked it, or maybe oh, no, it was the <clears throat> it was that game. Uh, what was that PlayStation game cover account? The show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they leaked it saying, "Stay tuned, the Phillies are going to sign him," and it was basically rumored around the same number. But anyway, give me give me you're you're the diehard Nats guy here, okay? You're the guy that was at at training camp last year. It's not called training camp. What is it called? It's not called training, training camp. All right, all right, spring training. Spring training. Thank you. I'm still I'm still in football mode, at least for a few more days. You know, but you, you look at this situation now, it's going to end poorly for any Nats fan that thinks is still holding on to any hope that Bryce is coming back. Where are you on this? Where do you think he's going to sign? I mean, I'm, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure personally if I care anymore. I just want it to be over. Yeah, I mean, I think you're um verbalizing kind of the, the casual fans opinion of this thing is drawn out. I mean, it's not the decision. It's not where LeBron on day one of free agency decided to announce it. It's not like, uh, you know, this is going on now for six months and depending on actually how you look at it, it's going on for about three years. Yeah. They kind of earmarked, uh, you know, this summer to be the summer of Bryce. So I think there's two camps right now. If you're a Nats fan and you want Bryce Harper to come back, I think that's a small number, but I think it's a diehard. If you're in that group, I actually think you're pretty happy with what's going on right now because what you're seeing is a guy who's basically received zero interest from any substantive teams and, and re- really received zero substantive offers to play baseball for another team right now. So you have to hold out hope that, like you said, Joe, there is not an offer from the Nationals, but that can quickly change. If he picks up the phone or, or, or you called him Big Boy. Uh, if Big Daddy Boris picks up the phone and calls Big Daddy Rizzo and says, hey, you know. I mean, does Scott Boris have another nickname I'm not aware of? 
know. You seem to be on a first name basis. I mean, because Scotty B, Scotty B is Coach Brooks. That's a different. That's a different person, right? So, you know, Big Daddy Boris. Okay, so I think every. I think they could work out a deal where Harper comes back in. I think it would be the worst thing for both sides. I think he would be unhappy. He'd be pissy. I think the team would be annoyed. Uh, you know, if he doesn't produce kind of the numbers. So I think that's, um, you know, it's like that, that when you make a, a deal with the chick, where if you guys hit 35 and you're both single, you just end up getting married. <laughs> um, so we won't. Okay. But, okay. But let, let's, let's, okay. You're right. There is a, there is a component of, Hey, you know, you want to dance. I want to dance. There's no one else to dance with. So let's just get this done. I get that. But right now the Nats don't have anything out. They made him an offer that was rumored right around 300 million that he decided to pass on, you know, and I think at that point, most Nats fans said, you know, okay, fine. Like he doesn't want to be here. We're not, there's nothing we can do. Like that was a, you know, in hindsight, it was, it was actually a very reasonable offer, right? Cause at the time, at the time we killed the Nats saying, no, he's going to, you know, he wanted five, he's going to end up at four. You went too low at three, you know, and the Nats said, you know, we made an offer. He didn't, you know, he didn't counter. He didn't want it back. Very, very Kirk Cousinsy, right? Like there wasn't even a counter. It was just, no, I'm not taking it. But now you come full circle and, you know, the Phillies are rumored to be offering basically like 320, 325, something in the same ballpark. So now Nats fans get pissed because it's like, well, you know, there's two there's two camps and like there's two camps on this topic as well. The Nats should just go up another 25 and keep him or the other side, which I personally fall into, which is you just don't want to be here, that you're basically taking the same money. You know, and who am I to trivialize 25 million? I wish I had 25 million just lying around or a decision to pass on it. But the reality is he's taking the same money to go basically, you know, 60 miles, 70 miles north to play for a division rival. And I think that's the part that's like extra painful, right? Because the Phillies aren't going to be good. They aren't very good now. They're not going to be much better with him. You know, maybe they'll improve a little bit. But, you know, can you imagine him going up there and, and you know, batting 210 for, for more than half the season? He's going to get roasted. I mean, in D.C., it was white glove treatment all the time. It was he was the boy that we drafted, right? He was our guy. You know, him and Strassi basically always have always benefited from like being the guys drafted by the Nats, right? They were the two like big marquee, uh, you know, essentially number one overall picks that the, the franchise was going to build around. But you put Strasburg on any other team with his antics and inability to pitch when the, the weather's too cold or he's got the sniffles, he gets killed, except in our market here. And I think the same is going to be true for Bryce. I think he goes and struggles somewhere. I think he's going to be shocked at how he's received. Like, I, I, I don't think they understand how good they have it here. Because as the Nats fan base is growing, and, and certainly there are diehards, it's still not It's not Chicago. It's not New York. It's not L.A. Like, it's not that um, – I mean, it's not even Cincinnati, to be very honest, where, like, you live and die with your baseball team. That's just not how we're programmed here. So I, I think he's in for a rude awakening, but – the division rival piece is really the hard piece to swallow. That, that's really hard to swallow. I think the reality is that Bryce and, and Big Daddy Boards overplayed their hand here. Um, they thought that, that you know, they were going to have all this. They thought the Yankees would be driving up the price. They thought that Magic Johnson and the Dodgers would come in with, you know, stacks of cash. They thought even the Angels and some of these big spenders would come in, and of course the Cubs as well, which I believe and have always believed, having never spoken to Bryce, but I believe that that was where he always wanted to go, right? He's got the dog named Wrigley. I think he, he's got the you know best friend in Chris Bryant. He always wanted to go there. And, and they wake up one day in the offseason, and you know what? The reality is all these big players and big spenders are not in on him. So now he's, 
out to plan B and potentially plan C. I don't think he wants to play in Philly. Um, I don't think he wants to live in Philly. I know he cares a lot about kind of where he lives and surrounding and things like that. And so um, he's a West Coast guy. I don't think he really wants to be in Philly, but he's going to get pushed into a bad hand. And what we're seeing is his position is not that sought after, right? You look at Manny Machado, who might not have the same power and same kind of brute kind of skill that Bryce has. But you know what? It's a hell of a lot harder to find a third baseman than it is to find a right fielder. Um, and I think we're proving that here in D.C. when you get guys like Victor Robles and Juan Soto and Adam Eaton and, and a super crowded outfield uh, ready to step up and replace him. So I think if, if the, the point I was getting at before, which I, I, I didn't finish, is that I think if you hate Bryce Harper, you're extremely happy with what's going on right now because he is on the most public of displays as someone who has zero interest and someone who can't find a job. So, I mean, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of villains. He's got a lot of people that consider him a villain and don't like him. I think they're really relishing kind of him being really embarrassed. By, I mean, this is embarrassing. I mean, if, if imagine you're unemployed and you, you think that you're this hot child that's going to get a bunch of offers. He can't get an offer for a job. And he's one of the, you know, the 10 best people at his job. Uh, it's, it's truly incredible. So right, I mean, right now, would your money be on Machado signing first or Harper? Um, it's a good question. I think Machado doesn't have as many options as Bryce. I think he's pretty zeroed in on the White Sox. Um, so I, I think Machado does sign first. I don't think he's trying to get a big, big, big. Like, I don't think he's trying to break records here. I think Bryce is actually trying to break a record with his contract over Giancarlo Stanton. Um, so I do think Machado signs. Uh, and I do think all this happens in the next day or two. I mean, it, it, there's no other option at this point. Like, well, you got the rooster. You got some people talking about a meeting, a secret meeting with the uh, with the Diamondbacks, and then the. Can Padres we get the rooster out. on here? I'd love to get the rooster on, but look, I mean, this is you know maybe, maybe I, I, now I'm starting to take a, a different approach here. Maybe maybe Big Daddy Boris is the one that leaked the the Philly story because now you're seeing a whole bunch of rumblings. Look, in the past four days, now he's linked with. You saw the White Sox creep back into this at least. On the periphery, you've got the, the Padres taking a meeting with him. So if the market's been reset or if, if, if you know, if uh, if Boris is basically recalibrating the market and, and tempering expectations that, hey, maybe that 300 to 350 is the best we're going to get. Suddenly there's a whole bunch of teams, I think, that are going to be interested at that price, I, point, I, most notably the Padres and the Diamondbacks because they got the money to spend. And, and frankly, they got to get people in the seats. You call it recalibrating uh, the field. I call it a last ditch effort to bring someone back into the fold who's actually yeah. not in the fold. I think I, I would push back on the premise that he has a current offer worth $325 million. I don't believe he has that. So why leverage the Phillies then, right? Like if that's a dangerous game to play. I, I think the Phillies are an actual offer, but I don't think it's 325 well, I mean, Is there a circumstance where you would want him back? Is there a number that makes sense for the Nats to bring him back? Should the Nats look at, look at Machado? I mean, probably not, but... I mean, Harper, no, no, like, no, no, no. like, why why not try to bring him back at the same number? Yeah. Like, if you could have him at three, no, would, you no, want, no. would you want him at three? No, I think I think that's overpriced. I mean, I think uh, I, I would love to have him at 250, 225. I think, you know, you give him a 10-year. I, to be honest, would really love a two-year deal with an average annual salary of $30 million. But I would love to tie that to two or three years and see what he does over these next three years and really make him play for that long-term seven to 10 year contract. Cause he's already, he's, he's young enough where you can give him that. So I would love to see that. 
uh, give him a, get him here on a two, three year deal, but give him, you know, the 30 mil that he wants over 10 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, shouldn't, I guess that's a, that's an interesting point too. Maybe, maybe it's not a long term. maybe it's something short for Bryce. Maybe that, it's, that's uh, what I always thought. I, I always thought Rizzo was, was on that saying you had a down season last season. You didn't earn your big contract. Give me another two years, prove what you're worth, and then we'll give you that giant contract if you do really, you know, no pun intended, hit it out of the park. So why wouldn't you go for that then? If you, I mean, if you can make that, you know, let's say you make 20 per, 25 per, something, I mean, it's still a ridiculous number. It's just a shorter term. Like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't Bryce want that? Bryce doesn't want I mean, he wants the comfort and the security of a 10-year contract. It's not, I mean, Kirk Cousins did the, the three-year, but of course he did the guaranteed money, but... Um, you know, you're really betting on yourself. I mean, if imagine if Giancarlo had done that, you know, he would have taken that 325 and it'd be dropping as we speak, right? So uh, every player wants the security of that guaranteed money over a long-term uh, basis. So where do you think he goes? I mean, I think they've, they've, I mean, they're, they're, they've gone too far at this point. I mean, he, he's rounding third base to use kind of a seventh grade junior high uh, girlfriend voice. <laughs> okay. uh, more than a he's baseball term. He's, rounding third. He's, he's, rounding, he's rounding third with the Phillies. I think um, it's going to, he's just going to do it and pull the trigger and then he'll, you know, suck it up. If, if you can say that to have 250 or 300 million in your bank account and, and play with the Phillies, he'll be unhappy and, uh, you know, he'll enjoy coming back to D.C., you know, 15 times a year. And I'm sure the D.C. fans will enjoy it, too. So that was the other debate, right? Let's say he does end up with the Phillies, a division rival. Like, you go to that first game. First of all, I- I'm not I'm not sold that they're, that his career deserves a video tribute. But if they do one, are you clapping or booing? Uh, am I, uh, when, I, when he shows up, whether he comes up to the plate or the video tribute. I mean, they already did a video tribute for him at the end of last season, which I thought was hysterical. Sure. And, and to be fair, I think his send-off, his big send-off was the uh, the home run derby, you know, the All-Star exactly. weekend, right? So are you no, booing? I'm, I'm, I'm booing because he's, he's a division rival now. I'm booing because he's on a division rival and because there was a legitimate offer made to him that was in good faith and was above market value for him to come play ball here for 10 years and really own this town, and he rejected that. I think... I don't know who leaked it because I think Rizzo and Boris both uh, got some good publicity from that offer, but that was a legitimate offer and it was his to take and he could have been, you know, the king of this town and he chose to uh, not even, like you said, counter. But you know what, to be fair, he he had the option to be the king of this town years ago too and he kept showing up with Cowboys gear, right? And then he showed up with Vegas gear last year. Like he's he's actually never embraced DC. Like I think he understood – that he was potentially like one of the faces of this franchise of, of the Nats franchise, but he actually never embraced like here, right? Like he, he would show up at Redskins games wearing his Cowboys gear, right? Like that. And people would get salty about that. And we'd always have this debate. Like, why don't you just wear nothing? Like we understand they're your team, but like, this is where you live. This is the team that's paying you millions. These are the fans that are cheering for you. They're not Cowboys fans, right? You can't show up to capital, uh, well, capital one in a, in a, in a Vegas sweater. Like you can't do that. Right. And he would regularly do that. You know, so I I don't think it was I don't think he was ever like a hundred percent invested in being or staying in DC. I just think it's unfortunate because you're right. He could have he could have played his entire career here and never won anything and still be revered just because he gave the city his all. Right? Like you look at someone like Max, right? He couldn't be more opposite, right? Max Scherzer is here now. 
like he's on the, I mean, he's, he's closer to the end of his career than he is to the beginning of it at this point. You know, we've seen over the last couple of years, he's still got some nasty stuff, but it's fallen off a little bit, but people will, I mean, people will, will die on a hill for him. Maybe even more so than Strasburg right now. So he's, you know, and that's because he's embraced the city, he's embraced the town. Him and his wife do a lot of like stuff, like they're very visible. Bryce was never that guy. He was actually the opposite. He was standoffish. Like he was the guy that didn't want to take pictures, yeah. right? I mean, I can attest to that several times living near the stadium and, and hanging out by the player parking lot. Um, I think that's just his personality. He's kind of. Uh, and of course, if he comes back and he starts hitting, you know, 50 home runs for us per season, we can just delete this part. But he's kind of he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> I mean, that's what he is. It's kind of his personality. It's, it's who he is. Uh, he's standoffish and uh, doesn't like the press. He's kind of weary of, of, you know, people getting too close to him. And I, he almost sees himself kind of as a brand. And so I think that's a lot of it is. You know, he's very into the commercials. Of course, you know who else saw himself as a brand in Washington D.C. that didn't have any success here? I think he had the number three in his name. Yeah, that's correct, right? He he thought he was bigger than the team. He thought he was bigger than the city, bigger than everything, and he's in Baltimore I think, now, right? I think you know they were coming up at the same time. Um, yeah. Rice may have been at the playoff game that RG three tore his knee up. I can't remember. I was there. I thought I remember seeing Bryce there. Uh, I saw Big Daddy Gibbs, though. <laughs> remember that? Okay. But also, yeah. on, a, on a serious note, uh, you know, condolences for Joe Gibbs, right? He lost his son. That's right. Uh, JD, uh, the NASCAR guy, I think, to cancer. Uh, super Correct. sad. Correct. Joe, the best thing that ever happened in that franchise, this franchise. Uh, twice, actually, best thing that ever happened to that franchise, right? So, and uh, you know, let, let's let's stay on the franchise for a second. I know you, the Redskins can't tweet anything with without hashtag Fire Bruce Allen being like. There's a race to be the first person to hit the you know to, to comment on things. It's like the Rock on Instagram. Everybody wants to be the first comment, and everybody like whoever it is just puts the number one, right? And it's like this unofficial trophy. Same thing's happening with the Redskins right now. Everybody just wants to be the first to put. It doesn't matter what they announce. Yesterday they announced. Uh, the hiring of uh, which Ryan was it the Rex or Bobby or Rob. which one? Rob. Rob. Okay. Yeah. So one of them is going to be coaching the inside linebackers, which okay. Then the first tweet was it doesn't matter if I like hashtag fire Bruce Allen, right? It doesn't matter. Like they wish they wish somebody a happy birthday. Uh, was it Adrian Peterson? They wish somebody a happy birthday, and the first tweet response was fire Bruce Allen. So I mean the, the Redskins franchise is in a. Uh, in a weird spot right now where people are like universally unhappy, but I, I, it looks like they're leaning towards quarterback and it only be maybe only because the media is pushing them that way in the draft. But, you know, it's um, DC, you know, looking at it like holistically, the caps are the team that everyone's got their like really pinning their hopes on to continue this like championship run or this like, you know, prolonged stretch of excellence and winning, you know, the nationals, we think can get back there. I mean, they, they had a four or five year stretch, you know, last year was an off year. We can make all kinds of excuses. I think we all expect the Nats to be better next year than they were last year. I think that's a fair assumption, right? If we're betting on just, are they better or worse? I think most of us are going to say they're better regardless of whether Harper's there or not, but the town is hungry, man. Like the, and it's, I was shocked at how many people picked up this Bryce story and ran with it when, when it was announced that potentially Philly was going to sign him, not because he was leaving, but because he was choosing to go to Philly specifically. 
you know, like there's uh, it's a terrible town, terrible food, terrible people, you know, so maybe he, he actually fits in pretty nicely there, but you know, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious what these West coast teams do, you know, if, uh, if the Padres can really make an appeal to bring him to, uh, to San Diego or the Diamondbacks, maybe they can get him into the desert. I'm, I'm not sure, but I think here people will, people will ultimately forget pretty quickly and move on or, or move back to pivot back to, you know, hashtag fire Bruce Allen. I think ultimately this is still a Redskins town and it'll be, it'll dominate storylines, Bryce moving on for a few days and then everybody will move on. I mean, there's nothing to talk about with the Redskins right now. I mean, it doesn't matter what they do in the draft. It doesn't matter who they sign. doesn't matter what they do with tickets. It doesn't matter what they do with FedEx. The, 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 the franchise is in free fall, and it's a complete disaster. And little moves here and there doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that they're on track for another seven and nine season. It, it doesn't matter what happens unless there is a major uh, uh, you know, shift out in, in Redskins Park. It, it, it's the owner. It's the general manager. Elizabeth Warren is attacking Dan Snyder right now. You can't make this stuff up, okay? Like, well, it's because she's one one millionth Native American, right? Is that is that the reason she's attacking him? No, she's she's attacking him because he bought a yacht and requested an IMAX theater be put on the yacht yeah, for three million dollars. He, he now owns two mega yachts. Does he park them here in D.C.? No, they stay. They're docked in the Bahamas. Really? Yeah, yeah. No, can we, can we get into the the fire festival? I saw you tweeted. I watched the. Oh best. my goodness! Yes, let's talk about it. What was your first reaction after watching the doc? As someone who plans events and 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 not, of course not that large, but you know hundreds of people events, I kind of empathize with Billy McFarland <laughs> a little bit <laughs> you you always think. You're gonna pull it off, like you, like I honestly, I totally felt that. It's like, yeah, we're just one break away. Like if we get these Bahamians to work like 36 hours a day, like we got it. And he was close to pulling it off if it hadn't rained. It he wasn't even. Crappy, he was it would have been a crappy. Close. It was not close. They had no artists. It, they had no acts. It would have been him with I, a, with a conga. Ja, like, ja Rule, ja Rule would have played for three days straight. You know, Ja Rule's the most frustrating human being. First of all, <laughs> like how he doesn't get like in more trouble for his part in this, I have no idea. And then for him to turn around with a guy named M. David Lowe. We, 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 and no one yeah. talks enough about how ridiculous that name is, by the way. His name is M. David, okay? <laughs> but they basically just rip off the Fire app and create and call it Icon, right? And then they're now in business without yeah. Billy. Uh, you know, my, my initial reaction after watching it was like, once you get past like the, the Billy's like, you know, basically a crazy person um, and an excellent salesperson. Like my initial thought was like, I feel like I could actually pull this off. I feel like I could make this happen. Oh yeah. Right. Like oh, I, yeah. I feel like, I feel like I could do it. Like we just pick like a soccer field or a empty field in like Shenandoah. I feel like we can actually make this work here because nothing they did, everything they did was extreme and over the top, but it was not executed properly. Right. And, and this is like, you know, uh, you know, the two things that I think will, that I'm most interested in are how he ends up in a penthouse running a new scam called NYC VIP or whatever, right? With some guy like just being the face of it and then still collecting money from it. And the most interesting thing to me is that like once the, so there's rival documentaries, you're aware of this, right? There's a, there's one on Hulu, one on Netflix. So he, he basically approached the producers for both 
and told both of them that they were paying him a certain amount of money to try to basically get them to bid up his price to be interviewed. So the uh, the the fuck Jerry guys, which is a great name by the way, <laughs> that are behind the Netflix documentary said, "No, we're absolutely not playing this game. We are we're out. We don't want you, we don't want to interview for this thing." The Hulu guys fell for it and actually paid him 125 grand, so he could sit on camera and oh, talk about it. Is, is he in the Hulu? Documentary? Yeah, yeah, he's in it. Uh, uh, and they ask him like questions about like they they get into like the the Hulu one is uh, maybe more comprehensive about him as opposed to just the fire festival. But they ask him some big things about like his mysterious investor who dies in a one car crash the day after he's indicted, and he just smirks at the camera. Like there's there's so many things that it's it's fascinating it's maddening like the whole thing but you know like i'm i'm actually most like for me the 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 you know i remember turning to my wife and asking like like how stupid are millennials that like you know like everything leading up to this event there's there's nothing that gave you any confidence it was real why would you still go to the airport and when you get to the airport and you see the private jets actually like an unmarked 737 why would you get on it Right. And then you get to the island and you realize that there's nothing here. Why would you stay? Like every it, turn, it, I'm confused. Supermodel. It was the supermodel. <laughs> you see the promo video. It's a hell of a promo video. They had the chicks in bikinis. I would get on it too. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, they, they tapped into like a part of, they, they literally monetized FOMO to a, a whole new level. Yeah. It's they incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. It, I mean, the, it was it, I mean, easily the best documentary I think I've ever seen. Easily. Oh, I just watched also the Get Me Roger Stone. Okay. <laughs> I have not seen that. I'm, I'm still. Oh. Tell me to watch R. Kelly. I haven't seen that one yet either. Well, that that's a docu series, right? And so, um, yeah, I I actually watched the Get Me Roger Stone for the second time. Fascinating. Okay, you think Billy McFarland is in that case? Wait till you uh, watch Roger Stone in action. Okay. Um, yeah, he should be in jail very soon. I mean, McFarlane is, uh, he didn't strike me as a particularly smart person. Yeah. Like, he looks like I, a big doofus. I, in every, yeah. every video, every picture, he's just a doofus. And he's hanging out with a, with a, a midget doofus in, uh, in Ja Rule. <laughs> the, the conference call, I don't want to give it away for anyone who's listening might want to watch nah, it. Nah, give there's it away. Call, there's a conference call at the end. Uh, with Ja Rule and the fire team, which was not associated with the fire festival. And he's trying to like rally the troops and everyone's just like, nope, <laughs> like, not, not having it. You are a total con artist. Um, so it's, it's entertaining. The Roger Stone one, though, is a must watch. Also given his current predicament. I will put it on the list, but I got a bunch of stuff I'm working through right now on Netflix and Hulu. I got a lot of stuff to watch. I got a lot of stuff to watch. Any final thoughts? Let's put a bow on this one. I know we didn't get into the Super Bowl and we didn't get into prop bets. I think Razzie's going to be joining us. I think we gotta, we'll got be recording that one pretty soon here. But I, I got a couple lines that I'm really interested in. I always I always enjoy Tom Brady rush yards, you know, plus or minus. I always enjoy the, the hoodie Belichick question as well. But there's a lot of interesting prop bets in, in uh, this year's Super Bowl, including total yards for Gurley, which is set really low. I don't know if you saw this, but they've got him a total combined yards at 77 which just seems really, really low. Uh, so that's one to get into as well. Yeah, I I think that's a good one. I think McVay will find a way to use him out of the backfield. Uh, more passing, get him on the linebackers, one-on-one, get some matchups. 
Yeah. So we'll get into that. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we we'll recording that show later today or maybe tomorrow, but definitely before the Super Bowl for all the uh, degenerates. I want to get in some prop bets. You know, the last couple of years, me, you, and, and Razzy have been doing prop bets. It actually makes the game a lot more enjoyable. Like there's oh. there's, a, there's other things going on besides commercial. Commercial. I, I just don't care about commercials anymore. I don't care about commercials, and generally the Super Bowl kind of sucks. I know that's a heresy on a sports podcast, but really, let's just call it out. It's typically just a pretty crappy football game, so uh, the prop bets do make a big difference, and you're generally with people you don't want to be with, so it's a pretty bad event in general. Also true. Are you watching at home this year? I'm definitely watching at home. I, I, uh, I am, yeah. I, I'm going to pause it to put the kid to bed. <laughs> me to too. I'm actually, I'm actually considering delaying the start of the game until 8 o'clock. Uh, I, I I thought about that. Yeah, it's hard but to do, I, but I, I think I would rather do that. My wife is going to an all-girls uh, commercial watching party. With the children? With uh, the one that's still breastfeeding. Okay, very good. So it's manageable. You'll have a manageable yeah. situation. It's a boys' night in for, for me and the boys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Stevie, let's end it here. Thank you, for, thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been Defeating the Curse, Stevie and Joe. If you like the show, please listen, subscribe, share. We're on Spotify, TuneIn, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you can find podcasts. So for those that are interested in the in the prop bet show, that'll be posted in the next couple of days. Stay tuned. If you have any interesting prop bets that you're watching, send them in to us via Twitter or Facebook. We'll find it and we'll talk about it. For now, for Stevie and for Joe, myself, thank you so much for listening. We are out.